I mean, your tool, man, I, I, I can't tell you how many hours I spent doing documentation preparation. I would say it's the, the biggest cost for most advisory firms, right? And it goes beyond just having like a, a folder with ISO templates, right? Or like some templates you found on Compliance Forge. It's, it goes way beyond that because it still takes time to review, update and apply this to an organization. And just being able to cut the amount of time it takes for preparing documentation for one of my FedRAMP clients, for example, which would be normally like 100, 150 hours, potentially. Just maybe even more. Maybe more, right, depending on how the environment is, to way less than that and also making it more consistent and efficient. And then eventually me being able to train my consultants to say, here's the tool, right? You're not a technical writer, but that's fine. Do you know how to use a SaaS application? No, I'll teach you. And then helping them streamline the process of documentation creation. It's, yeah. it's been a lifesaver, man. Oh. I can't tell you enough like, how, so how much of a lifesaver for Amplify has been. Welcome, everybody, to the Paramify podcast. Welcome. Yeah. Keaton. Kenny. Frank. Kayazi. <laughs> Frank Kayazi. Yeah. GRC Knight, CEO. My new friend, my new homie, here with us in Provo, Utah. Right here. Right here. <laughs> yeah. All the way from New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful out here, man. Isn't it beautiful yeah. today? Yeah. I'm glad we had a little front that came in and pushed out all of the the, the inversion because oh, when you yeah. get here, if it gets really cold, you're in a valley and it traps all the crap. Just it just traps it. When I landed, it was just it was gray, right? It, I thought like maybe like a smoke bomb went off or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard that. Yeah, you have all the the pollution that gets trapped. You yeah, the rain. Yeah, it's not cool. It's not cool. Yeah. Science. Yeah. I hate it. Is this your first time in Utah? No. no. Uh, it's my third. Yeah. yeah. Third time. Okay. I said I come out here every now and then. He's a veteran oh, now. That's yeah. awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. Won't be the last. Let's say that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so cool, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Can you going to say something? Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Frank, just like just hopping right into it, man. I would love to hear just some of your thoughts about uh, uh, CMMC and CMMC 2.0. That's uh, coming yeah. out right around the corner. Where do we even begin, man? It's yeah, been yeah. like a huge waiting battle essentially as i mean i think this whole thing initiated in 2019 in terms of creating the cybersecurity maturity model certification for dod contractors right there are 300,000 contractors for the dod you know it's going from like the guy who does cock for like friggin buildings and stuff to all the way to like lockheed martin right different sizes and the idea is around 2025 all of them are gonna to have to be compliant with CMMC 2.0, which is essentially NIST 800-171 Rep 2, right? Uh, coming from DFAR 7012, I mean, there's so many acronyms and, and numbers and dates, but in a nutshell, all of these contractors are gonna to have to comply with CMMC 2.0, which is, it's a NIST 800-171 framework, so it's a little bit of a condensed version of NIST 800-53, but specific for the protection of uh, controlled and classified information. So if you think about, the government might send you plans to make weapons, or they might even send you specifications to make like nuts and bolts, right? So you have to protect this information. You have to protect uh, federal controlled information as well. So that's more of your contract information. Um, the issue is that out of these 300,000, right, probably 20,000 of them are going to have to do an external assessment against CMMCL2, right? And the other are going to have to, the other lot, I think that's 180,000 if my math is correct, or no, 280,000. My math is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there that's it is. good math. math. 
Good math. Math is hard. It is. It is hard. It's so hard. It's easy when you're in school, right? Because you're thinking about math and you're doing math. But when you have calculators everywhere, it's like, oh, yeah, wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you seem like you were good at math, man. I wasn't bad. I, yeah. Well, because you said it was easy in school, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. It was easy. I mean, my hard subject was, totally, was English. Like, English was like anything that had to do with reading like super old literature. Oh, no, yeah. I couldn't do it. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was spark noting it most of the time, unless it was something like Catcher in a Rye, which is a little bit of an easier read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Like, my mom, so we're totally, let's just go off the trail already. Yeah, well, right? Like, my yeah. mom. She's like totally ADHD, man. Just same as me. Like, and so she loved my writing because it's like, I'm going to talk about this and then we're going to go up here and then I'll just like go off on a tangent. And my mom goes, this is a great essay, Kenny. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, can you just like proofread it? My dad said, man, I like it. It's good. And then I would get like a D minus. <laughs> <from, laughs> well, as, as, as long as your parents like yeah, it, that's all yeah, that matters, yeah, yeah. right? You I know. know. Yeah. The I, education I, system. Yeah. Don't get me started on the education <laughs> system. <laughs> Structured learning. Okay. So, like, quick side quest that, that we went on, right? So, okay. So, you mentioned we got a, the, the 280,000. They're still going to have to do something with CMMC. Self-assessment. Yeah. So, they have to do self-assessment. Yeah. And imagine Put going to... Put your right hand you, over your heart and say... I swear that I... I did this ...comply stuff. with... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only it was that easy, right? Yeah. Imagine doing that, like, 110 times, also including all of the objectives, the 7171A objectives. Yeah, right, the little the details, right? <laughs> the little parameters in there, man. Yeah. I guess that's essentially what you're doing with your SSP, right? You're saying, <laughs> I swear that these controls are in place. I swear. Yeah. I swear they're totally there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the issue is, like, imagine giving that, like, third, I'm working with a six-person manufacturing company. They make some sort of part for some sort of secret. Okay. Maybe it's a weapon. Maybe it's a computer system or something. But they make this yeah. part. And they have to comply with all 110 practices of CMMC 2.0. And they don't know anything about security. And yeah. they don't even know anything about IT because they have a managed IT service company that does all that stuff for them. So it's like working, handing them essentially all of these practices that they have to comply with from the government. They're like, I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> <laughs> we have this contract on the line that's a couple million dollars and we got to do this. So there's definitely some sort of cost benefit to going for a CMC 2.0, because you have to, first of all, to yeah. do the contracts. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of an issue too, because there aren't enough, there aren't enough auditors for CMMC, mm -hmm. right? It's like, out of those 20,000 that have to be assessed against CMMC 2.0, yeah. there's only a handful, it's so new, only a handful of folks that can actually do these. Well, like the rigor is gonna be similar to like what it is for, for NIST, like 800-53. Oh you yeah. You know, the rigor in like auditing, I mean, auditing is like controls, Yep. It, they're either working or they're not. You can't be like a little bit pregnant, right? It's an operating control or it's not. Yeah. And so that's that's really tricky because you can't just say like, oh, why don't we just like dilute the rigor required in an audit? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So you're just going to need. I mean, it's going to be. What? So we have. Anyways, the reason I said that was because you have just around like almost 400 FedRAMP systems eventually, pretty soon. Yep. Pretty soon. Uh, there'll be around 400. Is it 400 already? I, it's, I think it's closer. It's getting closer. Not quite, but 400 is a lot less than 20,000. Yeah, big time. That's a lot less. And yeah. so it's going to be similar because it's, it's an SSP. Yep. The controls are very similar. And then with Rev3, 
there. Yeah, so when does Rev3 come into... Yeah, so that's interesting because they just released Rev3, but because CMMC 2.0 is based off of one D, DFARS 7012, they basically said, we're going to do CMMC based off of 800-171 Rev2, right? Rev3 comes out, and there are different slightly different requirements, some less strict than what the ones in Rev2. So there's a little bit of confusion and conflict as to, you know, do we go with Rev2 or Rev3? Well, I always tell my clients Rev2, right, because that's what is in writing for DFARS, and that's what's supposed okay. to happen for 2.0. Okay. But at the same time, it's like you got to think about Rev3 too. So how do you map the changes map and challenges it? of 171 Rev2 and 171 Rev3? That's, yeah. that's the mapping challenge, I think, is the greatest challenge of all time, right? Yeah. You have different frameworks and requirements. Yep. How do you map your requirements for 171 R2 to 800-53 if you have a different environment for CUI, right? Yeah. Things like that. It's just like... <laughs> Totally, dude. Yeah, it's a bit of madness, but I think the um, what I've been helping a lot of people out with lately, specifically, um, even even prospects, is just the the CUI identification process, right? Like, what's your scope? What's your boundary? Similar to FedRAMP, right? Understanding what your boundary is, understanding where that CUI is coming from, where you're storing it, where you're gonna be sending it to. The easiest route is to build an enclave. I'm sure you've heard of the phrase enclave, where you have this. Tell us about that. Enclave being a dedicated boundary that's gonna be where CUI is going to come to, mm -hmm. live, and leave. Mm -hmm. And with that dedicated boundary, you can add more, uh, more stringent controls to that environment. So you typically, would sp if there's a cost for every control and the scope of every control, the costs are going to be less because you're protecting less systems, you're dealing with less access controls, less technology, techno technical controls. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it's just helping organizations build enclaves so they don't have to, you know, basically implement all of these controls for their entire environment. But more of the bigger organizations that I come across are able to do that, the smaller ones, their whole, the, the enclave is their company. The, their whole environment is the enclave, right? <laughs> all of it. Yeah, all of it, yeah. Is it, does that mean, did, did he get enclave right? I, I think so. That's why we always say, yeah. when, when we'll have like someone who's, everybody who comes on is like way smarter than us, way smarter than us. And so they're always saying like, hey, yeah, you, you know what that is. And I'm like, yeah, tell us more. I'm like, I know, I know what an enclave is. Why don't you tell us what an enclave is so we can see if you're right. Yeah. That's kind of what we do. <laughs> yeah, it's. I guess the, the two-year-old description, too, is like imagine you have a, a town, right? And you have your bank. Yeah. The bank has all the money. So it's going to be a little bit more sensitive in terms of protection. The bank's protection compared to Joe Adams' house down the street is probably going to be more protected than that. That house, right? Yeah, Adam's house. We're gonna go tomorrow. Yeah, right. it's like open. He's like, come on in. Come on in, man. Yeah, come on no in. No luck. Open door pizza. policy. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But imagine if you protected every house in that that town like it was a bank. Yeah, every house has pizza, a guard. Man. <laughs> be hard to get that pizza. Yeah. I worked at a bank and we had pizza all the time. It was awesome. Yeah. Really? I guess they. I mean, I did. Yeah. I, I worked at a bank and there was no pizza. Never? Oh, Never. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's There was sucks. pizza when I first started because I, I worked at J.P. Morgan Chase. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they're like, you know, new hires. There's like a whole new hire out of college program. And there was pizza, I think, maybe like every other week. Really? But then the reality sets in that you're not new anymore. You don't I mean, get pizza anymore. You don't get pizza anymore. You got to buy your own pizza. Dude, the cafeteria. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. We eat pizza like Ninja Turtles, man. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> we... we, we I love pizza. It's iconic pizza, right? Oh my gosh. Pizza, I always say this. Pizza, when it's good, 
it's really good. Yeah. And when it's bad, it's still pretty it's good. Still pretty good. Yeah. Right? Like a frozen pizza? Heck yeah. <laughs> yes, to- <laughs> you can even do a Totino's. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's pretty low. <laughs> but you know what? If you're hungry and you have an air fryer, pop it in there. Pop it right. in. Air fryer is like, oh man, the texture is just going to be there. And there's some form of tomato and mozzarella working together, yeah. you know, with the pepperoni. Pepper, oh my gosh, pepperoni. What an invention. It is, it is. What's your go-to, I hate to go off the rails of the pizza, but what's your go-to appetizer to go with pizza? Mm. I'm pretty simple. It's I just like cheesy bread, I would say. Oh, okay. yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? I wouldn't it's, say that's classic, right? That's more yeah. of like a, a yeah, refined it, <laughs> That's what my kids always do. I'm like, so my kids will always do that. They're like, yeah, I want breadsticks. No, I want breadsticks. I have five kids, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're like, I want breadsticks. And then... They'll eat the breadsticks and then they'll not eat the crust on their pizza. And I'm like, dude, it's the same damn thing. <laughs> like, it's like really, yeah. I mean, even cheesy bread is also pizza without the sauce, right? Right. It it. Yeah. No, but for real, yeah, we did have pizza at, at the bank, and uh, it probably is the reason why that that uh, that brand shut down eventually. <laughs> We were pretty cavalier about the way we handled But I, yeah, that, that was my first like kind of like sales job. Oh, yeah. Do oh, you yeah. want a free credit report? Yeah, I just ate pizza. Do you want a free credit report? Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Anyway. I just ate pizza. Do you want a CMMC gap or maybe Dude, you give them pizza and the gap assessment. Order then, them a pizza. Then the trust, it's kind of like the Venn diagram. If you're sharing the pizza, the trust, it comes together. But if you're eating pizza and they have to deal with CMMC, that's no bueno. That's no bueno. There's yeah. not going to be any trust. You have to move them together. Into the pizza union. Into the pizza union. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza and CMMC go together. They do. It's they do. The pizza goes with everything. It really does. Mm. With banks and... Okay. Back at you. Don't cut that, by the way. No, this is important. Pizza. Yeah. There are parallels to pizza and and CMMC, though. I think, right? Tell us about that. Yeah. Okay. No, I know what they are, but let's see if you. Yeah. All right. Let's see if I do. Right. I got my pizza government compliance for security certification. Right. I think the ingredients that go on a pizza are important. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the the standardization of how you make a pizza, like especially these really good mom and pop pizza places, they yeah. have a process, right? Okay. That they stand by, and that process goes into providing a really high quality product. Now, if they didn't have a process, they didn't have that archaic knowledge. Yeah, they have that, but they also have just these processes and standards for the pizza operation, for making the pizza, choosing the ingredients, choosing high quality ingredients, right? Mm. That goes into making that perfect pizza. Yeah. Think about going into making a perfect CMMC program is you have to have good ingredients, right? You have to have good components, good security tools. You have to have good people. Good people. Good people, right? Mm-hmm. Can't have bad people. Right? Can't have any... People. You got to put it in the right place. You can't... Yeah, where are we doing it? Are we doing pizza at a bank? Right, yeah. No. You can't do pizza. You, you can't, can't make do... pizza. Oh, right. You can eat it at a bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Okay, okay. Keep a going. A food truck? Like, a food truck sounds like a good idea to make pizza, but long-term, you know, consistency, probably economy of scale, no. Get, so you said, so we need the ingredients, we need people, people. we need places, we need things. things. We need them to be quality. Quality, high quality. High right? quality things working together. Yes. Mm. And the, the, the standardization of all of those things working together 
provides that high quality pizza. I like this Parallel pizza. Parallel to CMMC, right. you have good people, you have good tools, you have you know, high quality endpoint detection and response, you have a process to do all of your audit logging and monitoring right. and review processes. You have people that are dedicated, they know what they need to do, they're educated around their responsibilities for not just CMMC, but security in general at the organization. Yeah. Most importantly too, all of this is embedded into the culture, right? right. You go to a mom yeah, and pop right. pizza place, it's part of their life, right? It's right. a lifestyle yeah. to, to be the best pizza place in a town even though you're just like four to five people making these pies, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the parallel. Yeah. Oh my I love gosh, it. Man. I love it. I knew it. That's yeah. awesome. Did, it, did that check out? I think it checks out. Yeah, yeah. Who it wants pizza out. now though, too? Oh right? my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm Should we go to pizza? Now. I was going to take you somewhere else after this, man. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good place. We're going to go. We'll talk about it soon. Cool. It's good. It's good. Well, yeah, the, the data classification thing is huge, right? And I, I come from a background of, I have a really strange background of, like, I did privacy for a bit. I was doing a bunch of GDPR stuff. Dude, that's terrible. It's, Just it, kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, Elisa. It's, 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 it's hard, kidding. but it doesn't have to be, right? That's, that's my thing, right? People right. say, oh, GDPR. I, I don't know what to do for that. Yeah. Yeah, People yeah, are not... saying the same thing about CMMC. And there's, there's yeah. similarities to GDPR and CMMC because they're both, they're both frameworks or regulations that really care about a specific type of data, right? The protection of the specific type of data. Okay. For GDPR, you have to do a record of processing activities. Mm -hmm. You have to understand how are you processing data, where is it coming from, where it's going to, how are you protecting it, and if there's any sort of territorial regulations, legislations that you have to apply to for nuanced protections, right? CMMC, CUI, same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Where is it coming from, where is it going to be stored, where is it going to be going after that, and how are you protecting it? These nuanced regulations and frameworks really care about the protection of these specific types of information. Right. And I, I just think that translated pretty perfectly for me when it came to CMMC where totally. people were like, I don't know what to do for this. Yeah. I have no idea. Let's find an expert. Well, yeah, I've worked with that sensitive type of information with really strange but also important requirements for protecting it. Yeah. I think it translates perfectly. Yeah. I, I agree. It's, um, you, can't have, you can't have privacy without security. Yes. Right? You, yeah. you, you can't have it. It's really interesting, the whole like GDPR, this whole discussion. I, I know it's probably been talked about several times, but um, the way that Americans think about privacy, we just like don't care, right? We, some people do. I think yeah. more and more it's, it's coming, kind of coming, coming into vogue, right? Uh, but generally, most people are happy yeah. to give away all their PII and just like, I mean, out of, you know, because of all the benefits you get from yeah. doing it. It's like, it's really easy, there's trust. But when free you apps, have, right? yeah, but <laughs> like, yeah, free apps, right? When you're the product, I get it. But when you have the, uh, the, the devastation that happened, like in Europe, right? At, at the early part of last century to mid-century, in just all the oppression that continues to happen in some pockets, right, yeah. in the world, like you're, you're a little bit uh, more worried about what the police are going to do, right? right. What, what governments are going to do. And so you, you want to protect that. And so GDPR makes a lot of sense. In Europe, big time, right? In Europe, you think about it like makes World a lot War of II. sense. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yes. um, I, I, I hate this sort of paradigm we're in where a catastrophic event leads to yes. governance, right? It leads right. to people actually putting things in place to, to, to do something about something like privacy, right? Human nature. Cybersecurity, for example, right? right. It always, always takes a big incident or breach for yeah. a major company, for people to wake up and say, oh, yeah, yeah. Solar winds, Solar right? winds. And so now... Xfinity. Xfinity. Xfinity data breach yep. happened a couple of days ago, or happened in October, right. but it but, didn't come to light until, yep. like, 
huge. Two days ago, right? You know. Yeah. So it's, yeah, and, it, and now it's important. Yeah. What's it going to take for the U.S. to be serious about privacy? I think we're getting into that realm of AI and deepfakes, right? Uh, I think that's yeah. where, when you have mass scale replication of people's identity, doing things that they wouldn't normally do or saying things that they wouldn't normally do, yeah. I think that's when the U.S. government is going to be like, okay, we need to get serious about privacy. And it's funny that it's going to come in subtly through AI governance, AI policy, right, to say, how are, what are you doing with this data and how could it right. pose harm to people? Super interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's super cool. So, Frank, all right, so you do have a pretty, uh, uh, you got into privacy. So tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into this? And let's talk more seriously about GRC Night in a little bit. But tell us about your background, how you got into this. Yeah, in the first yeah. Place. yeah. So um, I, was, uh, I was 12 or 13 when 9-11 happened. Mm. And, you know, I, I was a late bloomer, so I was, like, just going through puberty. Okay. That, right? So yeah. I yeah. think my brain, the way it was developing, that event well, had a huge impact on my life, right? As many people, right? But for me, after that day, there was before 9-11, and there was after. And after all, from 13 to 18, all I wanted to do was work in the FBI or the CIA. That was yeah. just, like, my sole goal was to work in specifically, like, counterterrorism overseas. So and you were in Penn at the time. Right? I was in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh, and then so looking at majors for something like this, Penn State, where I went to school, yeah, had oh, this cool. new program called Security and Risk Analysis, mm, and it was like you know it was probably one of the first of its of its kind at the time, right? Yeah. So they're still figuring out how to structure this program. Um, yeah. I made I majored in that with a concentration in counterterrorism, counterintelligence, with the idea of like, you know, my junior year I'm going to get an internship in D.C. You know, yeah. get into the fold. Let's let's protect America, fight it. terrorism, right? Okay. Um, junior year, I couldn't get an internship. Super competitive to get an internship, and I I had good grades, but you know, I partied a little bit, right? And okay. I, I think you have to have a squeaky clean sort of personality <laughs> and background to work in D.C. Okay. No offense to anybody that's in D.C., but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I couldn't get an internship when I was a little bit discouraged. <laughs> that's like a last day. Yeah. 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 The new Chicago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I was a little bit discouraged, so I took a little break from from college just to live in New York City, experience life, okay. figure out what I want to do. I was doing that for three years, and then I was tired of, you know, I got these really good skills though i got this really good work ethic but i was tired of living job to job so i talked to penn state to say hey what can i do to come back to school and graduate in a year because i know i only have one year left after my junior year mm. uh, they said you have to change your concentration to to cybersecurity. and i was like okay because cybersecurity was another concentration security risk analysis it okay. was such a new major at the time that they they didn't know what direction to go with with it there was a cybersecurity concentration and there was this more government policy Counterterrorism, counterterrorism. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I've been in front of a computer almost every day since I was nine years old, right? Okay. So it's like, this makes sense, you know. Yeah. I've always loved computers. I yeah. remember playing a video game when I was 10, Diablo 2. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, We've talked about Diablo. Great, great yeah. game. I think great most game. most folks that work in this realm have played Diablo 2. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I got hacked in the game. I, I was, oh, yeah? I was <laughs> talking trash to somebody in chat. And then before I knew it, he said, keep going. You're going to pay for it. I said, yeah, whatever, man. And I got the blue screen of death. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I was like. How do you do that? I got, what the heck? What the yeah. hell? Yeah. yeah. 
And then so I got back into the game, into the chat, and he said, I told you. And then I, I just started talking with this guy about like, you know, hacking and like basically doing like hex programming and stuff to the point where I was hacking Diablo 2 to make my character stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, using tools, right? I, I didn't know how to code at the time. I just knew how to use tools. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's always been my MO. But uh, yeah. fast forward to Penn State saying, yeah, you can graduate in a year. Okay. I was like, all right, let's do it. And like the rest is history. I got an internship that after that first semester at J.P. Morgan Chase. Sweet. Doing application Cyber. security. Yeah, just right out of the gate. Um, application security for their credit card business unit. I love and, it. Um, rest is history, man. Like. It's almost by accident that I ended up sort of in this room. But was it? But was it? I don't, I don't think know. so, man. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. I mean, to me, like you, like perfect. You know, the perfect background. I, I think it's good that cybersecurity professionals have that kind of holistic background, because uh, to me, I'm like the worst fit for cybersecurity. You would think. Why do you like, say that? Wait, why? I, I would say that because, like, I mean, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I always heard of, like, I hate this and I hate that. Yeah. But I love it at the same time because uh, I, I like what, like, kind of like you, uh, I like the ideals of cybersecurity. I like what we're trying to do. We're trying to protect things that we care about. Yeah. Right. But uh, it, it's really hard to do. It is. It's really hard to do. And yeah. that's what I don't like. I'm like, dang. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dang. It's like, takes a lot of work and you don't. The thing is with security, and I know uh, kind of being CEO of a software company that um, is, and even doing a lot of the coding myself, um, early days, got fired, fortunately, <laughs> from, uh, from coding. Fortunately for everybody in our But it was fun, though. Clients. But time, it was right? fun, man. Building, had, you know. I had a hell of a time. It was yeah. great. It was great. But um, I understand that uh, a security feature is something that you don't see. You yeah. don't see it. Yeah. You have no idea that it's actually secure because... You only know when it breaks stuff. And security and, like, development, they're almost at odds. Yeah. Right? They, they really are. And so the, the, the good professional is going to work on how do we align it. And so I got my start, like, looking in, like, hey, dude, I can't be the only one that hates this. I mean, my job, I'm, you know, I'm doing <laughs> consulting. I, I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like me. I mean, I wouldn't want to. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> you got to be easy on yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't want to be, like, getting asked these questions. And so... I mean, I, I would, you know, I try to put myself in their shoes and say, like, okay, how, what, what is the shared objective? What are we trying to do here? And so that's where I've actually become, you know, a force, like, you know, a force for good yeah. right, for cyber, right? It's like, so I love, like, the background where the, that you explained. You went and tried different things. And what I'm getting is a very human focus. Oh, yeah. I would right? say the, the biggest, yeah. like, Thing that has helped me be successful in this realm is was being a barista or okay. like just being yeah. a personal trainer right yeah. working with people because at the end of the day i'm just solving problems and yeah. trying to prevent problems yeah and when you're a barista somebody comes to you because they need caffeine right they, <laughs> they're sleepy that's their problem yeah and so my my solution is here's the most amazing cafe latte you'll ever have in your life right uh. as a personal trainer I am not happy with my body, or I, I want to have more muscles, right? That's their problem, yeah. the solution. Here's our workout plan. Here's the dedicated eight to 12 weeks of working out to get you, you know, to where you want to be. I think that translated really well into what I do now because, like, like you said, nobody wants to be asked these questions. Nobody wants to be told that they have to do more work. Nobody, mm -hmm. you know, managers of businesses don't want to be told that this is going to be an expense because we have to do the cybersecurity stuff, but... 
doing it in a way that's, you know, human based, you know, more of approachable, friendly yeah. has really helped me a lot. Especially when I was an auditor, when I was an external auditor. Yeah, tell me I about that. I worked at Shellman. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the best. Yeah. We love Shellman. Chris Shellman. Yeah. I think about that guy What's every up, day. What's up, Mike Parisi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just like working there, like being an auditor is like mm -hmm. people, like there's just so many memes and just like in the pop culture zeitgeist. Oh, the auditors are coming. Oh, God. Here are the auditors, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, headache. Yeah. But, um, you know, I always made it an effort to like just come in there with a really good attitude and personality. Like, yeah. Like a partner, right? We're going to do this together because, right. you know, we're, you're our client. Like you pay mm -hmm. us to do this. So right. if you don't have a good time and also meet all of the requirements and get a good report, I'm going to get in trouble probably. Mm -hmm. oh, my personally, I'm going to feel responsible for this. So I would always work. Every engagement I did would be just like, let's. Let's try to build a relationship. Let's try to be friends and let's get through this together because it's not fun for auditors too, right? To go through testing and memos. Oh, and you just get documentation. treated like trash, man. Yeah. Are you kidding? And when you would ask somebody, like typically in the past, it'd be like, hey, so what do you like about your auditor? It's like the same thing as saying, like, hey, so what do you like about your ex wife? Nobody ever says that. <laughs> right, right, like, right. Yeah, but, like, right. but that's not the case. Like, you're saying, like, no, dude. Like, if someone asks about you at Shellman, they're going to be, oh, I love our auditor. They add so much value. What is it that it, auditors can look to add? In their engagement so what so obviously we're in it together we have a shared objective but what are some of the key things that auditors people are just getting into an audit career yeah know? yeah I mean as an auditor you're everything right you sometimes you're your own project manager mostly you're your own project manager that's right you're also you know client relations that's and right then obviously the assessment piece right yeah. I think the client relations piece in my opinion is the most important okay piece because you know yeah it's you don't want to be best friends Right. With with your clients, right? Why is that? Why is that? It, you know, like, have you ever done business with your friends, right. your best friends? It's, oh, yeah. oh. I mean, are you guys best friends? We are pretty good friends now, friends, but yeah. we're business partners. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think like we're good friends. Yeah. We would eat pizza together eat pizza for together. sure. Yeah. True, man. For sure. Senior but you're right. But you're right. Yeah. yeah. There has to be the professional skepticism. Yeah. Right. There has to be some form of boundary, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise. Hey, come on! I thought we were buddies. Let yeah. me slide without this user access review, man. Come on, yeah, you know, like right. in well, a situation like that. But, like we're friends, right? But like, yeah, we gotta be true. Yeah. Right. Right. It's also easier, like if I'm a client, it's easier for me to listen to and give stuff to somebody that I like. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact, right? Right. For somebody that I don't like, maybe I'll be a little defensive, right? right. If I don't like how you're approaching me and asking me in a really not so friendly way for evidence, yeah. maybe I'm going to be defensive, right? Yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so just building that relationship essentially to, to make your, your job and your life easier. In a, in a way, right, if you do obfuscate the truth in any way, it all comes crashing down anyway. Yeah. Right? So if you're saying like, oh, <clears throat> you want me to say that you provided a user access review or you want me, why do you want that? Right? Ultimately, this is not what you want. Exactly. You yeah. want to bring the 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 real situation what's real you want to bring that to light because ultimately that's the way everybody's going to move forward if you have this little you know there's this this story about the hidden wedge in a tree where there was a wedge in a tree and <laughs> and the and the tree kind of grew over, <laughs> over over time and then there was a lightning storm and the tree split into uh you know many pieces just crazy but what was noticed was there was this little wedge, right? A, a railroad wedge that was in the tree. And I feel like if you 
if you obfuscate the truth, if you skirt over those things, ultimately, it comes falling apart, right? It does, yeah. Oh man, some of the funniest. Uh, there's, it's kind of a comedy of errors, though. Like being <laughs> in public, in a, in a public auditing firm, right? Yeah. So I was PwC, right? Some of the things you see, right? I'm not gonna say any specific client, right? But there were those times when we're like, hey, this, this access review looks like the same access review I just looked at from last year. <laughs> like you bore him. The date's changed though. Come on. <laughs> huh. That's that's the same. <laughs> so you bring it we up. Have, and we have the same users. We yeah, have, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All kinds of excuses. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, no, no, no. And so you bring it up, and then like people get fired, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, oops. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but like, but really, that person wasn't happy in their job. Yeah. Right. That that person didn't want to do it. Right. And so, I mean, that's the responsibility they have. Right. So honors are really important. It's like that last rung. And for me, I talk about this a lot. If you want to get into cyber. Go, go join an audit firm. Easiest, probably easiest entry point in. I mean, most yeah. of the folks I worked with at Showman didn't have, like, a computer science background. Most of them were, like, accounting. Right? Okay. The ability to pay attention to details and ask questions, which was a good and a bad thing, right? I think. <laughs> but the good thing about Showman, too, is they had a diverse, they did have a diverse population of people. Like, some people yeah. weren't even from tech, but were great auditors because they just were able to learn quickly, pick up on stuff very quickly. Yeah. They'd be like, we'll ask Frank for that one, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's the easiest way in, right? I get, yeah. You could probably get the question asked all the time, like, hey, I, like, my, my cousin wants to get into cybersecurity. Like, what can he do? And I have, like, a whole email template. Of, like, <laughs> like I said, yeah, here are, the, here are the certifications you want to go for, yeah. CompTIA Plus, security, uh, CISSP. There's this junior cybersecurity certification that ISC2 does now, too. Oh, cool. That I've recommended to people. Supposedly, it's hard. Is so, it? Yes. Yeah, so, well, it's not CISSP hard, but it's... I think my CISSP is about to lapse, like, any second now. <laughs> right? Like, I think next year or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't... I probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one, I mean, that's, like, the one thing, like... You know, I've, I've been fortunate to have, like, this wild memory when it comes to, like, just... Yeah. I never had to really study in college. I'm the same. Yeah. As well? Yeah. So, I just, you know, go to the test. I already know all the answers. It's in my head. Yeah. CISSP was the first time in my life I had to actually like study it's for a long thick. period of time. That's a thick book. Yeah, I studied it. But when you read it, did you did you feel like to me when I took it uh, more than a decade ago, right? I was like, oh, I like this. This is cool. I, I like this. It felt group. real. Yeah. yeah, because I had the experience by that. Because CISSP, the good thing about that is the experience requirement, right? And yeah. that's really what it is, right? right? It's, yes, there's material in there, and that's important, but really what it is is the, is the experience because there's no substitute for experience that right. matters. I wish that there was right. a requirement not to give people more stuff to do to get the certification, but I wish there was a requirement where you could write like a, like a little essay or case study of like your experience, like a project that you worked on, something that, oh, yeah. an incident that you had to respond to. Sure. So that there's a, a little bit of that involved because it, it does feel a little bit of like, here's the material. It's very structured in terms of an education process of like, here's all this stuff that we think you need to know. And some yeah. of it is archaic. I know there was the update a couple of years ago of it, but like oh, having yeah. a little bit more of a personalized, like you have to write a case study and maybe somebody that's already a member sure. has to review and talk to you about it. Like, Man, 
Right. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, sorry if they do implement something like yeah. that. I mean, I didn't mean to give more people. Well, work, it would but. add it would add to the the meaningful, like, because there are like so many stickers that people get. Right. Companies get stickers, sock too, like you know. Yeah. And they become kind of meaningless, but it really is the that that was a really difficult exam. So I did have to study for it a lot. It was a, it was a, but I, I got excited when, uh, when I took it. I was like, man, I really love this stuff. It's real. Um, yeah. So to me, I, I do think just to, to touch on that again, audit is a great way to do it because if you do come out of college and you go straight into a sock, right. Or you're doing like, and you're just like looking at tickets and like, you know, you know, looking yeah. at whatever the computer gave you for like a response and you're just marking things false positive. That's, that's okay. But it's really, really low level with audit early on. Yeah. Everything. Right. And the, what, the work you're going to do is going to bubble up to management. So the work you're working on is important. Uh, there's serious budget. And the other thing is you get the, you get the air cover from your seniors. Yeah. Right? You get the air cover from your seniors, so you're allowed to be a complete ignoramus moron. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In the area and be like, um, you're, just, you're just like, why, why do I need to do that? Why is that important? And so... Yeah. Um, it's a super difficult, difficult job. It is not easy. It's not easy. It's I, not easy. No one picks it. Oh, it I, uh, I remember. I, I talk about it all the time. I'm like, why did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> I, me too. I'm just like, I can't believe I... Yeah, like just the stuff that I had to do as an auditor. Yeah. Um, the reason why I left the audit world too was because it just felt like I wasn't growing at a certain point. You know, you do audits all the time, you get good, and then there's, I feel like there's a ceiling of either you go into management, you yeah. go up to that, you try to make it up to like the principal, manager, bubble, partner, yeah. Right? yeah, or you just get you, you, you have a life outside of that mm -hmm. that you love, and you're just going through the motions yeah. to get to that life. That's not you, man. For me, I was just like, I, nah. I just need something. I went back internal. But um, I will say best business education I've ever had in my life, though, yeah. was being an auditor. Like when you audit 300 different companies and see how they operate internally, like not just from an yeah. IT security standpoint, but from like just how do the staff interact with each other in their office? Yep. How responsive is leadership to like when you're doing something like ISO, management re review of an ISMS, right? Mm -hmm. how, how connected is the leadership actually to the things that are going down? lower below right i think yeah. it's just beautiful education on business oh man that's that's well said i'm so grateful for the people that uh, gave me that first job you know yeah. uh, and the feedback and the because it was like a really high performing company right the feedback is is really important oh yeah you know super direct and i'm like dang that's i, I got a lot of work to do <laughs> right? i wish i had more of that i mean shellman was a uh, pretty Pretty chill place. I mean, it was very serious in terms of our processes for audits, but yeah. it felt more like a family. Oh, and when somebody did have to tell you something bad, it was like hey. it hurt because it wasn't often. Right? Mm. They trusted you to do a good job, and you, you, normally you did do a good job because they were good at hiring. But if you didn't, and they had to correct you, then it was like, yeah, I uh, totally see why Shellman hired you, man. And like, <laughs> yeah, and now you got now you got a, a growing business, GRC Night. GRC Night. Tell us about how you started that. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, I, I want to I know more, right? So, you know, yeah. being, in, being in the industry, right, you know, people will always ask you, like, hey, I need help with something. Or, like, what do you think about this tool? Or yeah. getting all these questions sent my way. About yep. two years ago, I turned these questions into a solo consultancy. It's mm -hmm. on the side, right? Something I would do while working internally at a company. Um, until about a couple months ago, I decided I'm going to burn out. 
and stop doing this or I need to hire a team, make it a real yeah. advisory firm. And yeah. I went the real advisory firm. Out. Nice. And it's been a blast. It's been a ride. Um, right. I would say 75% of our company are project managers and, and client success managers just because like managing projects for cybersecurity advisory, compliance advisory yeah. is is like 80% of the work, right? Sure. It, it determines if we're going to succeed in a project or if it's going to go off the rails, project creep, going to go over budget, right? Yeah. So we put a lot of emphasis on just re making really strong project management principles just embedded in the culture. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's been a ride. Our, our niche has been jumping all over the place a little bit, but it's primarily CMMC FedRAMP. Mm -hmm. But we're starting to get into the uh, SLED space. So that's yeah, state yeah, and local yeah. education. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just. Well, what are some of the things that you're you're seeing there in SLED? Yeah, right. public school systems are finally waking up to, hey, we need to actually like. War Games yeah. was like so many years ago. It's like what what is the when did Matthew uh, Broderick hack like like the school right in War Games? Have you seen? Am I? You guys are younger than me. Sorry, that's a movie in the eighties and it's awesome. You don't know. Better that. than Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. So no, 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 no. It's okay. before. It's before. Yeah, yeah. It was before that. It's not better. Okay. Ferris, yeah. yeah. I love Ferris. It's a great yeah. movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a great movie. But War Games a long time ago, and so now they're sorry to derail, but they're just waking up. Yeah, it's like you know, public schools, state, local government can get away with a lot. I feel like because maybe it's bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. Maybe people don't pay attention. Right. They don't care. They don't care. Um, but <laughs> That's what I've found. until something happens, right? Like, for example, yeah. there was this uh, one it. client I was working with. There were a, a local municipality. Um, they something happened where somebody got into their payroll or they got into some sort of system. I don't want to get into too much detail, but we're okay. sending um, basically like fake requests for additional tax payment Ooh. to people in the town. People wow. see this. They see this like oh, I don't want to pay taxes. Yeah, it's just a little bit of money too. It's not a lot. It's a little bit enough to say, ah, let me just let me just take care of this right now before I forget. Right. Mm -hmm. um, piled up to about, you know, a couple million dollars of just embezzled tax money. Right. Yeah. Um, to the point where you're not taking notes. Right. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hypothetically speaking. But yeah. So, I mean, it turned into an incident oh my and then gosh. the town found out everybody was upset. And the beautiful thing is then they ended up getting like a $10 million budget to basically transformed our IT infrastructure and implement like a cybersecurity program, just right. awareness training. So that's a lot of the things I'm seeing, right, is there's an incident and they're like, oh, we should get a budget for this. This is going to justify the budget because there's an incident. Now let's, let's, do, let's get, do RFPs. Let's get requests for proposals and see what's out there. We'll see so much more of this too because the, the tools are, at, you know, the, the, the ability to attack is just more and more. Yeah. And there are so many more attack vectors. Yeah. Think about like We're, transportation. I'm working with a, a city transportation organization. I'm not going to say who. Yeah. But it's like when you ride a subway somewhere, it's not New York, by the way. It's not the MTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish. Sure, but, sure, sure. Um, you ride a subway soon. somewhere. Soon. soon. Yeah, soon. Yeah, MTA. Yeah, I have hey, MTA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you ride a subway somewhere, you're not thinking about like what's the sort of technological infrastructure behind making right. this whole system work, right? right? Yeah. yeah. But hackers are people yeah. they're looking for opportunities, right? To just destroy CIS, critical infrastructure, right? Yeah. Um, and so the areas that are mislooked are definitely like public school systems, yeah. infrastructure for like transportation infrastructure, and then also like local government, right? Yep. 
On the flip side, though, there are also the ability to scale a security system is a little different these days, right? Oh, yeah. Like you, you have more tools at your disposal where you got this, actually. You, if, you, if you think about it, not so much from a technology and technology perspective, if you think about it from more of a strategy perspective, you have a chance to win. You do. Uh, you, you do. So tell us a little bit about some of the, because you you described yourself to me when I first met you as like a SaaS power user, right? I like am. you know. I am. So you're you're using the the different tools. So tell us about that, like about that approach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just give you some context too. I remember trying to do this whole consulting thing like five six years ago, okay. and talking with Alien Bolt. Alien Bolt, AT and T, AT and T bottom. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna try to see if I can get like a partnership with them to maybe start my own like managed soccer or something. Mm -hmm. the, the entry was, the entry fee was crazy for me at the time, right? It was yeah. like, it was out of, like, I could not afford to yeah. start a business with Alien Vault AT&T. And there was no other providers like this that were helping out okay. MSSPs. MSSP was like not a thing, I think like eight years ago. It was mostly just MSP, right? Yeah. Um, and nowadays it's like, I'm a reseller of all different kinds of tools and products. Um, I'm a partner just because it's so much more accessible. And because it's so much more accessible for me, I make it more accessible for that small IT department at that one school or that local government agency with that one, the two person IT department that they're both like 80 years old and don't really know what MDR is, right? <laughs> this makes it a lot easier for me to de deploy these tools. But GRC platforms, right? There's so many different GRC platforms out there. There's a few, huh? Compared to like back in the day when it was just like Archer, that yeah. was a pain to deploy and implement. It's really hard. Yeah. Nowadays it's a little bit easier. Um, but it still takes expertise, right? You have to have, I, I'd say it's expertise plus tools equals, equals the solution. Yeah. A lot of companies will go into a GRC tool by themselves and say, yeah, we got this, right? They say it's easy. They say it's automatic. It's instant. And then they realize that 150 <laughs> controls, I, I, I don't know what to do about any of this. Right? Yeah. Overwhelm. Uh, yeah. Sets in really easy. They get sold an outcome. Yeah. Right. They get sold an outcome and then it's like, oh, you mean actually... Well yeah, said. Yeah. yeah, they get sold an outcome. So it's like, I, I, I think that the future is, you know, the Tony Stark in Iron Man suits, right? You, you need the Tony Stark. If if you pay for someone who's not Tony Stark, you're gonna get something less than yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Right. At least for now, right? Right. The, the, the dream is, yeah, you have that one platform that does everything you needed to do, no human interaction. Right. Uh, we're so far from there, man. We're far from that. In fact, I would say we're far further away than ever yes. from the easy button. It's getting more complicated, <laughs> I would right? Say we're further away than yeah. ever. You know, is my experience, and so that's what kind of made what we get. You know, with Paramify, it's like um, people love like the capability. You know, of making a lot of things easier, yeah. and that's what we're going to make it better and better and better. But ultimately, there's still going to need to be the Tony Stark, right? There needs to Absolutely. be that person, which is why we went partner model, right? where we say, yeah. like, hey, like, how do we find people who are excellent, like, that can do this awesome, and that will, you know, help help people use it. Right? I mean, your tool, man. I, I I can't tell you how many hours I spent doing documentation preparation. I would say it's the the biggest cost for most advisory firms right and it goes beyond just having like a, a folder with iso templates right or like some templates you found on compliance forge it's, it goes way beyond that because it still takes time to review update and apply this to an organization and just being able to cut the amount of time it takes for preparing documentation for one of my fed clients for example which would be normally like 
100, 150 hours, potentially. Of just Maybe even more. Maybe more, right, depending on how complicated the environment is, to way less than that and also making it more consistent and efficient. And then eventually me being able to train my consultants to say, here's the tool, right? You're not a technical writer, but that's fine. Do you know how to use a SaaS application? No, I'll teach you. And then helping them streamline the process of documentation creation. It's, yeah. it's been a lifesaver, man. Oh. I can't tell you enough like, how, so how much of a lifesaver Pramify has been. Oh, that's so glad. I'm so glad. We, we're just so glad to work with you, man. So it's so cool. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, you have a question. You, you oh, say. yeah. Um, this is just looping a little bit back into CMC, CMMC. Um, I'm just curious if you could give like a really high level um, kind of overview of the difference between uh, CMMC and CMMC 2.0 for those of our listeners that maybe they're just dipping their toes into learning about this yeah. stuff. I think of it as like CMMC, like they nobody says 1.0, but I was like, okay, let's figure this out, right? This is what we think the program should be for the cybersecurity maturity model certification. Um, and there was a lot of comments, right? Every time they issue an update for CMC, they allow people to make comments around it. A lot of professionals, you know, like the, uh, the Jacobs out there, right, that are just yeah, super yeah, Jacob deep one. in the, the framework in CMMC and just can call out what's wrong with it. A lot of professionals are doing that. So there's a lot of, of revamp after the comments come out because the people that are making CMMC, experts probably, right, but at the same time, it's not a big team, right? It's, yeah. It takes a village to determine how to protect it, not just one chieftain or one and fire maker to say, this is how you, this is how we're going to do it. It takes yeah. a lot of collaboration and sort of like town hall-esque communication with each other to say, this won't work for all of us. This is crazy. Nobody's going to be able to comply with this. Or this is not enough potentially as well too. There's some comments that say, I don't know, this seems a bit weaker than the last version. So 2.0 came out as a, let's try this again. Let's revamp it a bit. We're refining it. And then even then, there's going to be probably updates as we go along with like the Rev3. How are Rev3 and Rev2 going to communicate together when it's actually issued? The issuance of CMMC 2.0 is supposed to be sometime this month. They say Christmas. Yeah. But every day we're looking at the yeah. Federal Register, refreshing and just thinking like, is <laughs> Jacob had an awesome. <laughs> is that yet? What was it today? He had an awesome meme today that was incredible. Jacob Horn, I'd love to get him on sometime. Or yeah, he's, he's great. I'm like a secret fan of his. I've never talked to him. I've just been following him for a while. Yeah. Let's make this happen, Jacob. Uh, Let's yeah. make it happen. We'll get him. He's, he's, yeah, he's hilarious. Man. Yeah. And I their podcast him. is great, too. Yes. I mean, yeah. There's so, uh, so much good information. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, I think the issue, though, is, um, you know, those guys are so deep in, in this world mm -hmm. that I, I, I think... It, it makes it more complicated for people that don't know anything about CMC 2.0, right? right? It's hard to relate. It's hard to relate. And I ultimately, my... people have to do security. They do. Ultimately, yeah. it's the people. It's, it's everybody yeah. at the company. It's everybody has to know, hey, I shouldn't click on those random links. Right. Like, everybody has to know because that's where attackers are going to go to the most vulnerable spot. In football, you know, if, if the star cornerback goes down, Guess where that ball's going? You know, it's going right there, man. Yeah. Every time. Absolutely. Right? Because people are going to exploit weaknesses and, and attackers, that's what they do. Yeah. So ultimately, you're right. I, I talk about this all the time. It's people that it have is. to do security. Yeah. And so if you're talking uh, on a platform, you know, and people can't relate to you, 
you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's a big problem for security. It really is. And my, that's like the biggest problem I'm trying to solve is, is translation. Right? It's a different language mm -hmm. that people are speaking in my LinkedIn feed, right? It's all the experts yeah. in, in FedRAMP and CMMC and just general cybersecurity that are speaking a language that I know as insider knowledge almost, but like the customers that they're trying to reach, the clients that they're trying to reach, have no idea what the heck they're talking about. So right. my big mission is like, and it's like, how do I translate it, dumb it down? How do I like just be the middle person to say, that's what the experts are saying. This is what you need. Because me myself, I'm I'm definitely not as deep of an expert as Jacob Ward, right? For Jacob that's okay. Warren. Yeah. Um, that's okay though. And I, I don't think I have the time. But you understand what multi-factor authentication is. Yes. You also understand what a background check is. Yeah. Right. And other people will too. I mean, that's their job. Right. So if we focus on capabilities and like maybe deal with the details as and when we learn about them, right? Exactly. You, yeah. you understand capabilities. People understand capabilities. When we get into requirements and like, oh, actually, <laughs> you know, according to subsection, you know, like no one cares about that. No, so nobody does. No one cares about let's, that. Let's just get it done, right? Effectively and, and efficiently. Yeah, and so if you can if you can bridge that gap and just say like, hey, let's let's dumb this down and let's make this more about strategy. Yes. Yeah. If you have a guide, like if you have GRC Knight, right? You know, you can take them on a backcountry skiing. And you're kind of the guide, right? Back you don't want to go down that thing with without a guide, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, lots it's, of it's rocky. Bad stuff but at happen. the same time, I'm not like sampling the snow. Yes. <laughs> like. Term, you know, I'm not yeah. like, like if right. I was that sort of scientist, right? You know, I wouldn't have the time right. to work on with 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 being the guide guiding you down the slope. Right. But I, I look to what I call these compliance scientists, these compliance Uber experts, for if there are any changes that I need to know about, I need to quickly understand what they are. In my mind, how do I communicate this to a client? Yeah. And then, like you said, the capability. What's the strategy now after these changes? Like, what do we need to do? What do we need to change? Yeah. And so it's, it's a very agile, mobile role that I'm in of like... I love it, man. And I, I got it from GDPR, right? Yeah. Getting into it when GDPR first rolled out, I think it was like 2018. Yeah, um, huge. Nobody understood what they had to do for it. Even lawyers, right? I, was, I would say it was easier for me to explain GDPR to a non-lawyer than to a lawyer. Really? Because like privacy law is, is a nuance, right? It has bits of security. You know, there's obviously the privacy element there's business related elements too, like how you deal with your customers if they have a request for something related to their PII. It's just really multifaceted for a lot of lawyers at that time to really understand. I got to work with awesome people on GDPR. People were like excellent. So Elisa was the CPO at um, Adobe oh, yeah. at the time and she was just like incredible, an incredible leader. I knew a lot about it, and she was really good at teaching people. Yeah. Her focus was how do I help people understand, right. you know, what we're talking about. And she was just brilliant. I hope she she's she'd probably doing awesome still. But like, yeah, if you can learn from other people that make it relatable, those it's that's, it's it's the goal, it's great. right? Right. You know, education, yeah. right, is so huge in, yeah. in a lot of what we what we do at GRC Night. I love it. I'm so glad we get to work with you. Yeah, right. yeah. This has I, been a, a blast so far. Right? Yeah, it's, it's going to get better. I don't even better. know when we first connected. I think I, I was just looking for a solution. <laughs> a Google ad. Yeah. Right, or something like <laughs> yeah. that. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I'm so glad you did, man. I'm so glad we got we got a chance to know each other. Okay, man. Um, so we're still, it's still 20, 
it's still 2023, yeah. so we're still just going to ask this. Okay, in the fellowship, who is who is your guy in the fellowship? <laughs> I listened to the podcast, yeah, so yeah, I thought yeah. about this question, right? Okay, uh, okay. And I must, I must disclaim, um, I've watched Lord of the Rings a lot. I've fallen asleep more times than I've finished any Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> it's okay. I, I've gotten the best place. sleep of my life watching, like, yeah. me and my friends growing up, we would have, like, marathons to try to get through. You can do it. Even one movie is a marathon. You think Even about. when you're young, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about when you're like older, man. That's you're never. You're probably never no. gonna finish. I've been having trouble sleeping lately. So okay. I might start watching, rewatching. Hey. <laughs> there you go. I got the perfect, yeah. perfect solution. Yeah. Sleep apnea. Here's the, <laughs> here's the extended yeah. versions. Yeah. Right. Legolas. Okay, Nobody so said Legolas. Hey, yeah, that's my guy, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why would not? Why would everybody like Aragorn, right? Yeah, you know, just the leader. Yeah. Um, but sorry. I'm, I'm, a weird, <laughs> I'm a weird, nuanced guy. I've always been a little bit of a black sheep anywhere I've been. Okay. I've also been like, secretly like, I like to think of this secretly extremely effective yeah. at taking things out, and I feel like Legolas is. He is good. Being that right, yeah. And the way you guys mount horses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes up every. Exactly, yeah. I just love it. Yeah, man. yeah. This never gets old. <laughs> never gets old. <laughs> what's What's the next question? Well, I guess they don't want to spoil it. But what's the next year's question going to be? Dude, what is your favorite book? Oh man, yeah. favorite book? Yeah. Right now, right now, right now. I, I the book I've read the most is um, the greatest salesperson in the world or the greatest salesman in the world. I was listening to this Matthew McConaughey audiobook. And he talked about how he read this book when he was like a kid or when he was a teenager and he had no direction. And I think this book is why he is and where he is where he is today. And I've been reading it a lot. And I think it's been helping me a lot too in terms of like structuring my life. And it's not about sales, which is a great thing about this yeah. book. It's one of those like Paulo Coelho sort of like The Alchemist style books where it's just gets you yeah. to think about different principles in life. Like I love it. The first, the first scroll in this book is like lead your life with love, right? Love and kindness in your heart because if you can't do that, Everything else is so much more difficult. Right. And then the next one is like, persist at all costs, because it is a sales man book. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be persistent. Yeah, but lead with love. Lead with love, though. I yeah. love that, man. Well, it's obvious, right? It's, it's imbued in your character, I hope so. uh, Frank, yeah, and I hope it totally so. comes out. And I always say the coolest part about doing a business is the people you meet along the way, yeah. the relationships you make. That's what we take with us. Right. Ultimately, making money, like, who cares, right? But the relationships and, and building something together, that means something. It really does, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having right. me. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it. Let's do it again. Yeah, hey, I'll, I'll be here again, right? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Awesome. Let's do it. Ciao.